0: No Welcome to No Challenges Remaining on day 14 of the 2021 Australian Open. The tournament is over, it has ended with Novak Djokovic winning his ninth Australian Open, improving to 9-0 in Australian Open finals, beating Daniil Medvedev in surprisingly lopsided fashion, we have to say, 7-5, 6-2, 6-2. Courtney, I, I'll get right to the disappointment part. We'll talk about good things about Novak later, but a lot of people have really high hopes for this match. I mean, Reem was on here. She, she sort of was laughing about it in our group chat days ago, saying <laughs> that she thought Medvedev was going to win. She, it was her pick, and that was not an unpopular pick. I did a Twitter poll before the match, and like sixty-four percent people or so were picking Medvedev to win, like the odd, everything was pointing towards it being a, a much a match that felt up for grabs as much as anything can be in a big three versus non-big three final. With how Medvedev had won twenty in a row, including twelve against the top ten, which included a win over Djokovic, and yet this match just like started a little okay, and the I guess that in the late first set, and then just like fizzled, and it was it was disappointing, the match.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, the the match was disappointing. I mean, the first set was, was in the balance. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, that was where the drama was. And, and I was I was twitching while I was I was um, watching. So I was kind of looking at two screens at the time. But what I said at the Twitch- time twitching
0: was... Twitching by, you mean video streaming, not like having a seizure. Just
1: oh, no, clear. not yeah. having a seizure, no. I was playing yeah. Fortnite on Twitch. Um, and there were a few people in the chat as well. So we were just kind of like all watching the match while... Yeah. Watching me completely get my butt hon- owned, I just I had a very tough night on, on Fortnite. But what I'd said was, you know, it, it in a lot of ways, it played out very similarly to the to the to the women's final insofar as that opening set was was very much in the balance, it felt like. And then once it broke one way, it, it did kind of feel like one way traffic for the more dominant player, Novak and Naomi and then the difference was there was a little bit more of a push by by Jen I think in the end to kind of make it a little bit of a more more of a question in the end so it felt ten, it felt tighter than maybe it actually was I don't know but the thing about the Novak thing is that i mean ATP outsider I don't know what's going on i don't pay attention as ben knows i had no idea medvedev was on this streak like until about five days ago his winning streak Mm -hmm, like i was mm -hmm. like wait he won the finals like i i don't know what's going on when i say atp outsider i must emphasize this yeah but maybe because of that it seemed crazy to me that people thought that medvedev was going to win that match um And I was kind of in my head, just like, I mean, why would, I mean, Novak in melbourne is rafa in paris i mean until he's nine. i mean he's nine and what nine and oh eight no oh, before that time going into the finals regardless of whatever the abs issue in, thing the ab issue is no longer an issue that's been proven for two matches mm-hmm. um so everybody thinking he might be physically compromised that doesn't make sense because he shows that he hasn't been um he might not be a 100 percent, but he's perfectly fine enough to win matches and as much as medvedev has done what he's done I mean, to do it at a major, best of five, in a final, eh, I don't know. So I still thought that, like, Novak was going to win the match. I didn't think it was going to be as lopsided as it was. I thought it was going to be a lot tighter, maybe a four-setter. But I, I wasn't really feeling the whole, maybe because I'm not in the weeds and I don't know the trends <laughs> with with Medvedev, I wasn't feeling the whole, like, he's got it. I was like, yeah. okay.
0: There, there were a lot of people saying, like, Heart thinks Medvedev, brain thinks Djokovic, which I think was maybe maybe wraps up what the sort of public sentiment was a little That's bit. That's a of people, sentiment issue. That's right. People, no, but that, that, and that, that, that goes more more towards like my and not even heart like heart thinks, not even heart wants, but like I'm hoping that this is something that can actually be an event that can can be a meaningful, interesting result in a men's tennis Grand Slam final, which we've had very few of lately. And a bunch, I have a few different comparisons to it, the, in no particular order. It reminds me a lot of last year's French Open final for the men, where it was very similar. People, again, glossed over this quickly after it didn't go this way. People were really giving Djokovic a real chance in that match uh, against Nadal, who is Nadal in Paris. It was, he's been a, the Nadal in Paris, the Emily in Paris, the Djokovic's Novak in, Emily in Melbourne.
1: Emily in Paris, by the way, uh, Oh it's, yes, is <laughs> technically how it's oh, pronounced. Oh my gosh, congratulations
0: <laughs> on your Golden Globes. No, mm. but there. <laughs>
1: to quote quote the ao crowd boo
0: (laughs) (laughs) i haven't even talked about vaccines yet but to but to mention that brings me towards sort of a difference between what medvedev's streak was and what osaka's streak was and it's interesting comparing the two of them because they both went into their finals with 20 match win streaks so in that sense they're parallel it was easy you could spin it either way because Naomi, I think most people probably speed it, speed it, sorry, spin it towards Djokovic's being better. Or sorry, excuse me, Mevidev's being better. I'm tired. <laughs> Mevidev's being better because Mevidev had beaten twelve top ten players in his, and Naomi beaten zero. I mean, Naomi hadn't played a top ten player. Granted, she played Serena, who is number eleven, but seeded tenth and Azarenka a and you know. Mertens other like players who are like you Muguruza. know top, Muguruza Brady even or not real Brady now it's number 21 people who are like top 10 feeling if not top 10 in actuality we talk about the rankings being what they are in the last show but um but what Naomi had in her streak that Daniil didn't have was winning a Grand Slam
1: yep
0: and Danielle still hasn't done that and that was – and Daniil, granted, I don't think people had many doubts about his ability because of how well he did in his one previous Grand Slam final against Nadal. Yeah, true. Going 6-4 in the fifth. But today he just like – it was tougher to watch in a lot of ways than the Brady loss too because – in a bunch of different ways because Brady didn't have the expectations that, oh, she – I mean, people were like hopeful sure. or like we're like this could be good but weren't like she can win. There wasn't a lot of Brady can win talk happening going into that match. And then Brady was more competitive in the end, and also it was a best of three, and so the stakes were higher as it got competitive. She was, you know, only theoretically what, like, she ran off nine games in a row, she would have won the match at the end. Yeah, play, instead, playoff instead, baseball.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah exa- exactly, like we were saying. Whereas Medvedev had all this, in the second and third sets, had all this time, at least on the scoreboard, because the match was actually going pretty fast. It was, two sets were done in like an hour and 16 minutes, which was very fast for a Djokovic match, and really speaks to this. Fast court there, especially and the line calling, whatever else is speeding it up. But matches are going faster for sure. Maybe have it all this time on the scoreboard where he wasn't really meaningfully getting a foothold, and that was really sort of frustrating to watch for people who wanted this to be a competitive match. That he just seemed flat. He he was getting really negative and didn't seem to be you know channeling his sort of negativity into positivity until like there was one game in the in the I think it was where Djokovic held for five two. In the third, where that was like, and it was it wasn't even that close on the scoreboard. It was like Djokovic held it at thirty, it wasn't like a long deuce game or anything, but it got to thirty all, and Djokovic won one big rally, um, and sort of screamed afterwards, and you could tell it was a big point to not get it back on serve in the third and not start the the ship turning potentially. It was different also than like for example the twenty nineteen Australian Open final, in which Djokovic blitzed Nadal. You remember that one because. Mm-hmm. That one really felt more about Djokovic just being like amazing. This one felt like Djokovic played at, like a normal, which is normal baseline Djokovic and Australian Open final, which is very high to be clear, but like not really above that. And Medvedev was just not getting there consistently to match sure. it, and that and that's what was frustrating. It was more about Medvedev underperforming in my in my view of it than it was about Djokovic being so exceptionally better than expected well, in terms of, in terms of what tilted the expectation versus the reality of this match.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe that's true. I don't know. I, it, it reminded me a little bit. I had this conversation with my dad this morning about last night's final, the the women's final. And it was interesting because his reading of it is, was very different than mine in terms of, oh, you know, like his take was, oh, Naomi did not play well. And I was like, yes and no. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I mean, she didn't play lights out. She didn't look like she was absolutely the dominant player on every single point that she was out there. But what she does well and what everyone is celebrating her for is that when she has to play great, she plays great. That's what is the great Naomi game, not that she can just go out there. You know, And I feel like with Novak, it was a little bit of the same thing today. I think you're right. I mean, it wasn't mind blowing levels even though it was incredibly good level because it's Novak, but it was about those long the, that you know that long whatever like twenty something shot rally where he just hung it not hung in but he just dug in yeah and just would not let Medvedev have a sliver of hope while also just taking out his lungs and taking out his legs you know those points it's the the set point the overhead the kind of hook shot overhead oh, the match point hit. even yeah. Was that? Yeah, it might have been match point. Yeah. yeah. You know, little things like when he had to be great. He was great. He didn't have to be. But Medvedev didn't force him to be great on every single point, which is a big ask. But, you know, that's where I think that it's dangerous when we talk about the really great players like a Djokovic, a Nadal in Paris, you know, Federer, you know, Naomi, Serena, whoever, that it's about when they need it. Is it there? Because yeah. that's what makes them different than everyone else.
0: And that's and that's sort of again the sort of thing that Osaka has had I think really well. I and mean, even against Muguruza, an extreme example being down match points, but also against Serena and against Brady, where I don't think Osaka played like her best tennis in those matches no. against Osaka and Brady. But she also never really seemed in grave danger of losing those matches. And that, you know, she, it's match management. I think is and that's something Djokovic is really good.
1: Djokovic at. is the king Djokovic of Djokovic is king the of match king management. Of absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah, like yeah.
0: of just of being of being good enough to make the match where it's not dangerous, right? Yep. And and that's absolutely what he's done. Which
1: I really respect. Like oh, yeah. I I love that that's probably like my favorite thing about Novak's game, is that when you watch him over a tournament He's always just playing one gear better than his opposition, which isn't to say that he's in fifth gear purring every single time, but just he manages his matches. He manages his tournament. He seems to know exactly what needs to be done to get it done on his terms. And it's really impressive. Yeah,
0: which is different from, like, a Rafa. Rafa yes. is, like, often, like, dropping bagels and breadsticks on people and, like, really kind of just, like, demolishing people all the time. Right? Yep. And this whole this whole Rafa brand, like, oh, I'm intense all the time and trying yep. hard all the time. Never take a point off. Which is
1: great. I just yeah. personally can't That's, I can't to relate to
0: that. that. <laughs> I can't relate to that at all. <laughs> Absolutely like they, not. As you can I tell, by watching just... us... <laughs> Watching watching NCR through a through a, uh, through a slam on a podcast level, we are not making every point as great as it possibly can be. Some of these points, the, the women's final episodes, like midway through, I was like, I don't know what I'm saying anymore about paradigm shifts or whatever.
1: But we're Thank doing you the for best rest- we
0: can. We're doing the best we can. We're all we're very doing, tired. We're
1: getting it done. We're doing the best we can. 7 a.m. Even if we're limping over the finish line, we are across the finish line. We are not trying yeah. to blow everybody everything out of the water every time. Yeah, so I I personally relate to that, and 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 that's why I think that it's very it's very impressive to do is because it's so much. In my opinion, and this is not a slight, but people, whatever, I just I can't deal with people sometimes. You don't, yeah, you don't get extra points for how much faster you get over the finish line or all these sorts of things. And for Novak to just kind of have that ability to to key into exactly what needs to be done is like, I find that fascinating. I find that like a different level of security and confidence, because I think that if you're insecure, I know this, like if you're insecure, like I am, you're a Stanford duck. Like you are trying hard all the time because you're so scared. Sorry. Sorry. The can you
0: explain, I, I know what it is, but can you explain to the listeners what a Stanford duck is?
1: So the Stanford duck is a phrase, I have no idea if it's used widely, but it's used in California a lot, of mm-hmm. specifically of Stanford kids, the university, because they're always the ones that are like, oh my God, I never study. Oh, I, ba- I didn't even do the reading last night. Oh, I slapped this. As, like They downplay how hard they're working, but actually underneath the water, hence the duck, they are paddling like crazy. Like, to stay afloat. Um, And that's a Stanford duck, is, like, you give off this air, like, you just, everything's real casual, and you're a disaster, and, like, whatever. But actually, you are working so incredibly hard to be the best, you know? So, yeah. So, I think that when you're insecure, you're working hard all the time, which is a little bit of Rafa, right? He has that mentality of, it could all go to shit if I am not, you know, um, doing everything that I possibly can, you know? I have to
0: be at my absolute best in the next round to beat check straw, Jimeno Traver.
1: <laughs> right. Whereas with Novak, I feel like there's a little bit more of that swagger of like, I yeah. don't have to be great. Are you kidding me? Like yeah. I can be in third gear to beat that guy. Like we're good. You know? And I I don't know. I, I respect that level of swagger.
0: No, I mean Djokovic, yeah, this man we can talk about Djokovic and like what it what this all means for him longer term in terms of like, you know, goat debate, whatever. We can get to that. We'll get to that in a second. But and not too substantially, hopefully. But, um, I was say, please, no. I know Mercy. you don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. No. <laughs> just briefly on Medvedev again. Just wrap up his side. Like I, I don't know how Medvedev feels leaving this tournament because, like, it wasn't a surprise that he won any of the matches he won. Right? I mean, some of them were really good. Like the way in which he destroyed Rublev and the way in which he destroyed Tsitsipas. and then he won his first ever five setter, which had taken him a while against Krajinovich in the third round. Like, that will all feel... I think it was third round. That will all feel really good for him, I'm sure. But he also, after winning tour finals, after winning three Masters titles, now I said four last episode, but it's three, um, and, you know, beating Djokovic at, in three of the last four meetings, to then come up this short against him in a big match. I don't know. I would think it would be... I think he he'd be kind of... Kind of seething. We're doing this during his press conference. I don't know how he's reacting in press, but I imagine that as a competitor, he'd be he'd be pretty, pretty down.
1: I mean, ATP outsider. Mm -hmm, As always. I don't know. I don't I don't read Daniil's press conferences. So I do not pretend to know Medvedev's mind or have incredible insight or anything like that. But my sense from him is that and what I've really liked about him is that he seems like a professional tennis player. He That's seems true. like a guy who shows up, win matches, make prize money, build a career, play tournaments, do the thing. Yes, there's glory involved, you know, in terms of trying to get that slam win and all these sorts of things. But I don't know. I feel like I think that I, I, I said it on the Twitch broadcast. I was like, you know, would Dan, Danil Medvedev trade his 20 wins for this major title? And I don't, know, and I, at first I said it being like, of course he would. But then I thought about it. And I was like, actually, I don't know. I'd be so curious to ask him, like whether or not, you know, because he seems like somebody unlike maybe... At this point in his career, because it's later, but earlier in his career team, I would consider kind of in a similar situation or even like, you know, Rublev is built a little bit differently in terms of the way he's he wants things so badly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, where you feel like he would be like, I'd give it all up for, you know, like that. I'm not sure that Medvedev sees the world that way. I, I feel like he's a little bit more level headed and rational about things and doesn't need these a slam victory in order to validate himself. He's so comfortable in his skin. Yeah, just to know? sort of
0: expand what you were saying, because I've heard you use this phrase before, maybe other people haven't, and you haven't heard this kind of conversation before on the show, but we have had it. When talking about like someone being professional, basically means their ability to yeah. sort of like clock out and leave their job at the door, yep. essentially, right? Like not defining their self-worth based on whether or not they're winning matches or tournaments. And yeah, I do think Medvedev has that to a good extent. I think you're right. I just think that he'd be, he, he built so much that, you know he would expect and he said you know to his box efforts like hopefully we get slams soon like they're not just being like well we're oh, you know earning a tidy passive yeah no.
1: no he's not like oh no. whatever and and i you know he is a hyper competitive guy you know this that's why he you know uh destroys the rublevs and the Sitsapasses. he takes pleasure in yeah. being the man like you know yeah. But I do think at the end of the day, he can kind of check out and be mad that he didn't show up and ask those questions, which you do need. Again, if you're a professional, that's what you do ask. Right. I mean, you know, he's just not he's not in it just to get the paycheck and go home. I'm just saying that I don't think that he's somebody who's going to be like, you know, you know, the Arrested Development gif of like weeping in the shower, you know, over this loss. (laughs) I think I think he'll be okay. You know, like he'll be like, shit, like what went wrong there and let's try and fix it but I don't think that his self-worth is at all tied yeah. to getting his butt handed to him on labor. I just, I don't think he's that guy. I, I think, think there he, are other guys that are like that, but I don't think that he's that guy.
0: I think you're right. Um, so to the other guy who's just in this match, Jokovic. Djokovic. Jokovic now gets ninth Australian Open, 18th grand slam overall. It's a lot. Uh, it's a whole lot. And I do think very much in terms of like, I don't know if self-worth is maybe too strong a phrase to throw around like that but it does clearly mean a lot to Djokovic to be getting closer to the this this race that the big three have for most slams and it really is a competitive race with the with the stipulation that we don't know we don't know if Roger's going to be able to contend for more slams or whether or not win but like if he's going to meaningfully contend in the future we don't know he's coming back soon he's coming back in Doha and Dubai which are coming up very soon actually for the men uh and so yeah we don't know that part but like but Novak is in it with a shot, I think, especially after what happened at the two slams last fall with how he got himself defaulted from the U.S. Open and then really, you know, kind of no showing in that or just getting killed, whatever you want to call that French Open final. And this is a very meaningful win for him to sort of get back on track because if he, if he'd somehow lost this one and lost three slams in a row that he felt, felt like he should have won or could have won, should have won the U.S. Open. Could have won the French Open and could have, should have somewhere in between the Australian Open. If he gone over on that, that'd be really, really rough. But I think this sort of makes everything kind of like all right in his universe for a while. And it's a good one to win for that kind of thing because it's so long before the next one comes to.
1: Yeah. And also just the circumstances of it all and being able to, you know, under the quote unquote duress that he was under for for the two for the two weeks you know to be able to come through and you know it's a big mental win and that becomes there's that too and and you even saw I mean just physically i mean obviously with the 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 muscle tear which i guess he's confirming is a muscle tear in his press conference but even stepping aside from that like all the work that he did in the off season clearly adding on some muscle gains with <laughs> z you know and getting bigger and stronger and and stuff like that i mean he's he's clearly gearing up for this chase and it kind of reminds me a little bit of like what osaka had said about when somebody asked her about the the VLAND predicting that she could get at least 10 wins the question was that was this is also just just want to remind people don't take what journalists say in the in what they say in their question like oh at, at face value because like the way that it was phrased to naomi was that matt's Vlander said you could win you could win 10 slams. What do you think of that? And I was sitting there being like, that's rude. <laughs> like, she's already got four. Like, he only thinks she's going to win 10.
0: It reminds me of that time when, like, some someone out of nowhere at Wimbledon came up was like, with Serena being like, Serena, Billie Jean King says that you're awful or whatever. It was like some paraphrase yeah. of, like, got, got some Billie Jean King quote completely wrong or out of context and posed yeah. it to Serena. And Serena was like, was told to react to that. And it was all yeah. just a mess. But yeah, anyway, go it's ahead.
1: It's a mess. But yeah, so he said that. But, anyways, and what Matt said was that. Osaka could win at least 10. But regardless of that, um, she said, you know what? I don't think about it that way. Like, I break it up into very, like, I'm at four. I'd like to get five. And once I if I get five, if I'm lucky to get five, then I will want seven. Like, I'll have it. You know, like, making it in small increments to give yourself goals. And so, like, with Novak, with how close he is now to Federer's mark, you know, chasing down and reeling in Rafa, I mean, you start, salivating, right? Like because it seems so tantalizingly close. You're not 10 back anymore. You're not even 7 back. You're not 5 back.
0: He could get you it. He are, could tie at Wimbledon if he wins, yeah, wins the next. You could yeah.
1: do it in a year. Yeah.
0: Oh, he could he, th- he, if he calendar slams, he would be in the lead. Yeah. At the US Open.
1: Yeah. And pretty at that point, tough to catch. Yeah. Cuz he is a lot younger. Yep. So, you know, that's where that's where it, it becomes interesting. I mean, I the, the atp outsider the hand-wringing <laughs> really the should hand... be its own podcast <laughs> it really should honestly the hand-wringing of people who are like oh my like doing that." who's gonna i don't understand how anybody thinks that Novak's not gonna finish with the most majors okay i don't so here- understand i understand like like you know act of god like he breaks a leg or something and he can't play for the rest of his career but i just don't understand why like especially federer fans the record's going down folks is going down your dude ain't gonna have it i just don't think i, I just it's weird to me enjoy it while you so have fraught. it federer fans. yeah it exactly way. like you know and Pivot your argument to other things, buddy it's <laughs> Like, why are we focusing on one number? We should be focusing on so many different numbers, which is actually true. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't get, I don't get the, it's, it's happening.
0: <laughs> so here's, here, so I'll push back on that a little bit in that I do think, and Djokovic proved this before in his whole query swoon circa... 2016 like you never know it's not and serena obviously proves this too sure. in current day yes. serena okay you right. can't take winning slams for granted one in the hand is worth so many more hypothetical ones that you feel like should be yours in the future right like if you told serena like okay you're gonna come back from pregnancy and they'll be in like you're gonna make six six slam semis not even say finals like she'd be like okay good i get to 24 twist you don't like not yet anyway and so it's not easy you can never take winning science for granted to miss sort of pushback on that and the other thought fair um, point i totally yeah, agree with so, that yeah you're right and, and, and then this is completely which is in my head for like three minutes or four minutes now and i it's not related to anything but i have to say it
1: oh god paradigm when you shift. were
0: when you were <laughs> paradigm shift, you <laughs> believe me it is when you were talking about jokovic adding all this muscle it's weird because that is true but i feel like it hasn't been as much of a conversation point as you would think it would be and on that point, why on why on Twitter was no one calling him like Novak Joko thick with like three C's? Why was that not happening?
1: Ben, there it was you're on a Twitter. big
0: opportunity. I know. People I try I try to engage minimally the Djokovic Twitter, even though he's number one and wins all the time, okay. which is tough. Okay. Every every time Djokovic wins something, I get all these messages sure you aware of this being like wow cr- you're gonna cry now you're so mad like poor federer fan and like i don't understand where any of that comes from like i'm really fine <laughs> it only makes me mad because you're saying i'm mad i'm not actually mad like i really am unaffected by Djokovic winning slams i've gone to, i've traveled it? to australia and had the flight home for like 20 whatever hours about nine times and Djokovic has won what probably seven of those times six of, a lot of those times like I'm never like crying into my uh, mimosa on the flight home. Not that I but mimosa, isn't it whatever, nice you know,
1: for you? Line. Isn't it nice for you? I mean, I love this watching it from 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 a from the from the sidelines. ATP outsider. I love ATP outsider. I love so much how you live rent free. You have penthouses all over the globe. In people's minds, several mines. high
0: value properties it's, in Belgrade. Yeah. Uh,
1: no, it's not even about h It's just across the board. It's. Yeah. Fascinating to me. Just fascinating. And I just, the way that I'm built personally, like if I disliked somebody as much as everybody seems to dislike you based on what they say, I would never let you know that. Like, I would never let you know that ever. We've had these discussions like offline before about how like apathy is the best revenge on people.
0: Apathy is worse than hate for sure.
1: It's so much worse. So it's fascinating to me that like people just just let you know that they just hand over the keys all the time. And it's like here you know, here's the Airbnb code, drop by any time.
0: I wish I could sublet It's red free and actually get some profit well, out of yeah, it. Though.
1: That'd be nice. That doesn't that'd actually nice. earn me anything,
0: sadly. No, but I'm not it, especially it, fueled by it, but
1: alas. Makes me happy on the sidelines. Like well, it's good. it's a fascinating thing. I I just think it's a weird <laughs> dynamic because I'm just not hardwired that way. Like, if I don't like somebody or if I think somebody's fos, like I just ignore them. Mm-hmm. Like, I think everybody knows that about me. At this point, that's like my. If well, Courtney's ignoring so, you, she
0: thinks you're full of shit. Just put in yeah, that.
1: Yeah, pretty out there. much. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a good poker face. I have I have a playbook, and my playbook is executed flawlessly at all times.
0: <laughs> all right. Speaking of flawless, congratulations to Novak nine and zero in Melbourne. Any other parting thoughts on the Australian Open, mate?
1: That happened, you know? Yeah.
0: I would love to do, like, a longer course. I think we're going to see what happens in terms of everything shaking out in terms of fallout of this tournament. With um, financial fallage in terms of money loss, I think it's a big one. There's already a few, Tylee already floated this number already at the tournament, lost. Uh, I'm guessing a minimum. I think it's probably fair to say from ways, provisionally, at least around $80 million. Um, and we'll see how that goes and if, if this... Health wise, it did not seem to cause a, a spike in coronavirus in Australia, which, thank God, good. that's a huge victory on that end. But the sort of, yeah, was this tournament the right thing to do the way it was done? I think it's a question that will be shaking out in Australia for a while. Like Not dissimilar similar to, like, kind of honestly, not, it's not the scale is not the same, but like the way people talk about, like, was the right idea for various cities to host the Olympics? You know, like, was this sort of taxing thing worth the two weeks of sporting spectacle? for what it brought to us or didn't bring to us i think it had this i think this tournament has that much more than than new york did but yeah but the tennis tours march on most players have left australia already there's still a wta event in adelaide uh which has ash barty as top seed i'm sure they're very happy to have her there defending her title and yeah and then the tours will keep going on it'll be interesting to see what what is set i mean so we know we're not having indian wells that's obviously the main one is off the calendar, which sort of is throwing everything else kind of a little bit mixed around.
1: Um, well, combined with the the fact that the Australian Open pushed back, I mean, there right. actually doesn't end up being a huge gap. You know, like it's not like, yeah. oh, what yeah. do we do with the Indian Wells weeks? It's like, well, I mean, the Australian put, Open was pushed back. So so
0: in, any, in some ways, the Indian Wells cancellation then just makes room because like things that were shoved around like Dubai, uh, WTA Doha. Rotterdam, things like that, can all sort of slot in there. St. Petersburg, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. there's
1: all the Mexican tournaments, like you know, Guadalajara. There's Lyon, Miami, obviously going. Charleston still on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's still important, I think, for people to recognize that we are still trying to play a global sport in the midst of a global pandemic, like and. We don't know how 2021 is going to turn out. We have great hopes. And I think it's great that, that I think the ATP and the W – I mean, I know that we do. But I think the ATP as well have, like, their calendars kind of in place, you know, at this point for the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which is great. And then our fingers are crossed because you can't you can't control the science and you can't control, you know, the virus and, and what happens and, and government decisions. And the decision. governments, yeah. And – you know so it's still going to take a lot of flexibility and and um adjustment on the fly of, for everyone fans journalists staff players teams all that sort of stuff events so we'll see but you know we we effectively have come, come out of two months with events in the bag you know not leaving you know the the cities that we've visited worse for the wear <laughs> Yeah. Which is, I think, the goal more so than anything is, is that. So that's that's a success, you know, in that way. In the grand scheme of things. Right. Because we can talk about money, we can talk about economic impact. Those are all separate issues. But I mean, when we talk about health. That's the thing that constantly yeah. I'm stressed out about. And from the health side, things worked out all right.
0: Yeah. With the exception, maybe. And I don't remember. I don't know the exact numbers. I'm not sure they ever really released numbers on the overall fallout of like Adria Tour. With the exception of that, I don't know that there's, like, any evidence or any talk that, like, tennis has made things worse. And the professional tennis tours have made things markedly worse in terms of the spread of this virus. So that's pretty good because a lot of things are making things worse out there. A lot of other sort of big gatherings. And, yeah, and, and credit to to Australia's how they handle it and their dedication to, like, if if the U.S. was at numbers like Australia is for being virus-free, people would be refusing to wear masks. Like the amount yeah. of mask wearing that happens in Australia with zero cases, I find really remarkable. Yeah. Like that kind of buy-in. Um, so anyway. Congratulations to folks on having a not a super spreader event. That's really where the bar is. And um yeah. Good work there. And Courtney, thank you for being on here.
1: A pleasure. A pleasure. Are you gonna well, be are you gonna be getting back on to normal sleep time? Is I need to figure that out. So
0: so it's currently about seven forty AM um i have a thing to record at 1 p.m and an article to finish before that probably and i'll edit the show and post it and another thing to do between like 3 and 5 p.m so i guess i should probably yeah i should probably uh stay awake until like sunset and then try to get back on dc time and re-embrace the world if you
1: can if you can stay up until until evening you're you're you've made good progress to get back that you'll (laughs) you'll snap back pretty quick like yeah. if, if you can get to 6 p.m for sure yeah
0: no i agree and and it's uh it's just funny it's like not unlike leaving australia any other time of the Australian open like strategizing sleep and everything like that it's it's yeah this the coverage is tough in that like it's in a lot of ways not that different of a time commitment in terms of what how much time it takes to be up covering the tournament it's just like you're doing it in your own world that any of the sort of like without having the momentum of it around you like i still have yeah. you know you have to, I'm, not alo- I'm not alone i'm not alone in this house everyone else in this house dog and human alike is still living very much in dc although the dogs start waking up later which uh, no one minds yeah it's 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 tough doing this not easy yeah no yeah, on that note, if you if people appreciate our efforts and want to support the show on Patreon, feel free to do so. We can use it to buy melatonin. Patreon.com slash NoChallengesMating if you want to support the show or just thank us for whatever other efforts as well. Slam Champ backers on our Patreon include Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Mary Crillo, Leah Williams, Betty, Audrey Wellens, Sean Mulroy, Susanna W., Jean Simeon, Antonio Maycumber, and Anna Valinder. And our GOAT backers, Mike, Nicole Copeland, Pam Shriver, and J.O.D. Uh, any other passing rant rave thoughts no I just want I just want to yawn more than anything but
1: yeah yeah it's um yeah it's 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 yeah I don't know it's nothing yeah for me nothing really changes for the next few days anyway just because of Adelaide so it's just a matter of um slowly winding down and at least you know kind of having it be a little bit a little bit lower stakes in a lot of ways um you know so that that kind of helps but Otherwise, yeah, I always say I'm, I'm, I always feel a lot more stressed and busy during WT events than I do necessarily during slams because there's just more water to carry uh, at tour level events yeah. than, than at majors. So, yeah, hopefully, just a few days off to kind of reset the mind and all that sort of stuff. And then back at it because tennis just keeps going.
0: As do we, as do you guys with your wonderful listening.
1: Bye. Oh, bye bye.
0: See them over there, see them moving down the road. Their arms held out ahead, and their eyes, their eyes are closed. Don't make it cry out loud or stamp your feet you'll wake the girls and boys who are walking in their sleep